Good evening. This is Michael Craver with Michael L. Craver Presents Escaping Vanity. And I'm recording this in the dead of the night, but whenever you may be hearing it, I hope you're enjoying a, some beautiful scenery and good weather and a great day. I had some interesting interactions this week, so the podcast is a subject of discussion on those matters. And I'll uh, start it off by saying that I had. A, a rather abrasive conversation with a with a good friend of mine in Florida. Uh, I mentioned Anthony a couple of episodes um, already, and I'll tell you just to jump into it. He had had a young man on Facebook, I guess on his feed, that had a thumbprint in the middle of the thumbprint. He had, you know someone had uh, mixed in the stars and bars, the battle flag of Virginia, or your as many people call it, the rebel flag or the you know the Confederate flag. And he said, it's in my DNA, I can't help it, or whatever, something of that nature. And so Anthony was sharing it with me, and he was like, this guy's silly as hell, because you know, DNA ain't got nothing to do with thumbprints. And I said, well, then you can actually get DNA from a thumbprint. That charged everything into a different direction, because then it becomes this measuring contest between me and Anthony. and We're measuring each other's heads to, to see who's got the thickest. And... It, our mental capacity is being measured this way, in case you've got a perverted mind. Uh, but I, as, as my Uncle Joe said, I'll tell you this real quick. He said, there's a teacher standing in the front of the classroom, and she says, you know, can somebody tell me a riddle, you know? And he says, anybody. First girl says, yeah, yeah. Can you guess this, teacher? Um, it's sitting over all of us, and it's blue and bottomless. Sitting over all of us, blue and bottomless. Do you mean the sky? And she said, that's right. The teacher says, well, good, that's a good job. It's a good job. And uh, little Johnny, he's in the back. I love the little Johnny jokes. He's, he's the guy, you know, he's raising his hand. He's, come on, come on. The teacher's like, oh, my. God, he's always telling these inappropriate. Look, I can't let him speak. Nobody, anybody else? Nobody else. Just the sky is blue. Johnny, go ahead. Johnny says, "All right, teach. Mind if I stand up? Stand up, Johnny. While you're speaking, he stands up. He says, "All right, I got something round and hard with a head on it. It's in my pants." <laughs> And she said, get your ass to the principal's office. He said, teach. It was a quarter. But I like the way you think. <laughs> so anyway, that's a, it's a old, I, I believe my Uncle Joe told me that. I hope I'm not throwing him under the bus. But that's the way me and Anthony had started this 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 ordeal we were we were telling inside jokes we're we're going back and forth but i said look dna can come from a thumbprint all right well that ain't you know you know what i'm saying like that and i said look anthony you use figures of speech all the time and i'm gonna have to fucking like break this down for you and he gave me this sort of odd you know that that the guy was an idiot or he was a redneck, and he was, it was as if he was having class warfare with this young man based, based on this image. And I thought, eh, it's not something to do. Like, you're out of school, right, to do that. And you can't be out of school and have class, right? So, what I said to, to Anthony was, uh, I said, look, just to justify what you're doing, uh, or, or to my point of view, about what you're doing being hypocritical, Anthony, you will tell me that what you're doing with your money is none of the government's business. However, they print that money. They back up that currency. You're spending their money, not your money. What's it say? It says legal tender. The United States of America. Right? The banks are backed up by the FDIC. They're printing money. They're paving the roads for you. And then you don't want to tell them how much money you make on your income tax? Get the hell out of here. And he said... Well, they, no, because that's, that's different. And it's not different, man. That's their money. You're spending their money. You're as bad as these protesters are. People often, not everybody, but a lot of folks are running around barking about change, and they're not employed or whatever, and they are not pumping dollars into a system, and yet they want to tell people how to manipulate the budget to their 
needs. Now, if you're not paying in to this budget, maybe whatsoever, especially not a majority, why in a democratic country would we let you tell us how to spend that budget? Defund the police. Defund what? The money you're not even putting into the system? You want everybody else's money to go somewhere else? Get the hell out of here. Like, the thing of it is, if you want to put together a super PAC and, and donate to a candidate and be, you know, play that game, get in the system, and I'm not going to say buy you votes, but I mean, essentially, that's what many people think, that you're a person who lobbies, you've got, you know, meetings with so-and-so, and you've got somebody voting in your interest, right? Did you buy them off? I, I don't know that a lot of that would be hearsay, but I know this. That just running down the street and doing stuff is not going to put money in the pockets of the people who are doing the voting. So when November comes and everything runs adverse to how everybody who's getting a free ride thinks it should be run, are you going to be upset? Yes. And will you still be like not paying taxes and upset? I don't know. We have individual responsibilities to have a job. It's the honor system with the IRS. So if Anthony doesn't want to pay in, you don't want to pay in. But to tell me they didn't build the roads, well, that's not true. They didn't build the roads. Government doesn't build the roads. They subcontract that. Yes, just as much as a general contractor is going to get my construction loan and he's going to sub out much of the work. Who's still going to have credit for it? Yeah, who's got to be licensed? Yeah. A contractor, just like the government, just like your local city, does a lot of negotiating to do all the red tape and nonsense work that nobody else wants to do, quite frankly. And if you think that money belongs to you, then you should just print your own money. You, you grow things in a field and barter. Get around legal tender and get around dollars. You can become a sovereign citizen. You can pay like your lifetime taxes and and get out of the system, there, there are options for these things. But if you're going to be involved in commerce, and you say, well, I, I pay sales tax on everything. <laughs> get the hell out of here. Um, quite frankly, if you're spending your sales tax money at Walmart, but you're not reporting your income tax, this is how this works. Hypothetically, Anthony goes to a job, and he gets paid... Um, Directly, like with invoicing. He's working for himself, so he's filing a 1099, and he doesn't report his income. So he doesn't pay the taxable income to the government for his income tax. He's, he's dishonest. He doesn't pay. All right. Now, he goes to Walmart to do his shopping, and Walmart has a deal with the planning commission because in order to get Walmart to come to town, they cut him a deal, and they don't charge them taxes for the first five years, maybe ten years. Because Walmart says, we're going to bring traffic into this town. We're going to bring jobs into this town. And so, like, at the end of that five or ten years, like, you really get your money back. But we're going to have people employed, right? And those people are going to get their paychecks, and they're going to go out and spend money. And your vendors, they'll be able to come in here. And they'll have local products in this Walmart. So you can buy Stony Creek yogurt, whatever, whatever they might have. And those places will make the money. Walmart, however, will not pay any sales tax. Okay. So there's a $130 million, 175,000 square foot Walmart store who's not paying any tax on the $130 million that they're making coming in the door. All right. So non taxable, $130 million. The payroll, significantly less. The money the vendors make is, is a small portion of those things. It's a system that is in Walmart's favor. However, the town doesn't make any, they're not really making any money off of that that upstages what they had with local businesses paying taxes and keeping the money in the community. Because before there were X number of people employed, let's say there was only 300 people employed, okay? Those people live, breathe, spend their money, they're local folks, and they own property, real property, homes and cars and things. They make a living wage, and they have freedom, peace of mind. They've got to be educated, right, because they have more responsibility. You can't pantomime. You can't just have some high school kid come in there and do the work they do. Most of them have skills and experience and wisdom. All right, Walmart comes along and says, well, we're going to have 400 jobs that anybody with a minimum skill set could have. They could be driving from farther away. Uh, the, the wages are certainly not as competitive, and 
so now the 300 people that made 15 or $20 an hour, which equates to, you know, every hour being of 300 times 15, every hour is worth $4,500 to that town or $6,000 to that town if it's $20 an hour. Now you have 400 people making 10 bucks an hour, 12 bucks an hour. So it's still only 12 times 400 being $4,800 an hour. So their trade-off is, yeah, there's more people employed. They don't have a higher skill set. They don't require better education. The standards are actually much lower. And that's why in high school you can have a 10-point grading scale now because the jobs that are out there don't require you to have this extensive education, this functional knowledge of being able to do advanced algebra and trigonometry and have all these social skills. No, 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 no. As long as you can come in, not use curse words, don't talk about religion, don't talk about politics, don't offend anybody and curse anybody out on the job, right? You can just walk through your day, put on your shirt, your jeans, your khakis, your maybe polo. That's it. That's that's the extent of your skill set and your maximum earnings, you know, if, if you made it to the top of your profession at that department store or Walmart or whatever is still lower than the advanced pay in these other local jobs that have been eliminated. And it's a shame to see that, too, because it takes the ownership out of the community, too. If 15 people owned businesses, now Walmart's eat it up. There's no more hardware store. There's no more, let's say there was a pool store. Well, Walmart sells pool stuff. We'll just go over there and get it. One-stop shop. Matter of fact, the local market, grocery, guy who sold vegetables, he's gone. Fabric store, gone. All gone. Electronics, nah, we don't need that anymore. So those things go away, and the people who owned those businesses now don't have businesses. And where those businesses used to be, the property value is lower because there's not a thriving business there it's just a piece of commercial property that's up for lease or rent and hopefully somebody will come along and use that in the future maybe they won't so that becomes like this struggle right so here's anthony he goes and does a job he makes some cash he doesn't pay the government his income tax but i pay sales tax that never got collected anyway it just stays in in the system for for walmart or whatever store may or may not have these deals made with the local town. I'll give you an example. Here in North Carolina, Dell Computers came into Kernersville and they said, We're going to have a plant here. We're going to do work here for X number of years, employ X number of people. And they agreed, if they did not do that, that they would uh, pay a penalty. And my understanding is that they've, they had not settled this. Uh, though Dell did not honor their end, they did not pay the penalty, they had not gotten to the bottom of whether they were going to be able to sue them and actually even get the money back out of them. Uh, those are dangerous deals for towns to make, because quite frankly, if any of those businesses were to go bankrupt, then there wouldn't be enough assets to pay the town back any, anyway. So um, those are risky ventures. Um, the best thing that you can have in your community is well-educated and um, independent uh, people who work for themselves. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is written in my um, leather portfolios that I keep and, and take the job interviews and things. Uh, on the inside of the left binder, it says one of the biggest mistakes that you can make is thinking that you work for somebody else. You always work for yourself. But because our system is based on honesty. Yeah, there's a, there's a part of me that says, okay, there's a guy, he's got the battle flag, the rebel flag. That's nonsense, one. It's on a fingerprint that isn't DNA, two. It, with, look, with modern CGI and graphics, if you want to say it's in my DNA, have somebody draw up a little helix of DNA and put stars and bars in it, put the red, white, and, you know, do it like the Duke's Hazard. Make the car jumping through the DNA or whatever, right? I understand where Anthony's coming from, but the thing to me is like for a young man like him to say to me, look, um, it's that guy suffers from the same problems that many people have. He said to me, hey, 
What about, you know, people who get put in that boat? Like, this guy's, he didn't understand. He didn't know any better. Like, that's how he was educated. So, he's he's a young, uh, heritage-minded kind of, it's in my DNA and rebel and battle flag, whatever, okay? And that's his thing because he, he doesn't know any better. He may, may or may not even realize that he could be wrong about history or offending anybody. He, he ain't worried about the facts. He's worried about what feels good. Like the guy who's a drug addict. And Anthony said, well, what about the guy who, who's in a bad situation when he's born? He's born into this uh, set of circumstances where he falls into drugs and when things feel bad, he's doing drugs and he can't make enough money to get out of anything because he's spending on drugs. And I said, well, for every person like that, there's other examples of people who took up music and writing and arts and woodworking and playing guitars and they learned how to do some skill like you know turn a wrench underneath a car hood and they own their own business so i don't quite understand why there's an excuse for anybody who's going way outside of the box with uh drugs because what this led into is this discussion about prison and prison reform and i said right but the same people who are crying the blues about this stuff like Here's Anthony, who's not paying his fair share of income tax, not what what the IRS deems to be taxable. So you want to tell me about prison reform, and yet you're not going to contribute your share of money that you owe to begin with. To me, you've not qualified to even have this argument. Sure, you're free. You live in a free country with free speech. But if you want to start arguing about how money should be spent, Make sure that you've contributed whatever you're responsible for. If you've not paid your admission fees, you don't get into the classes in a college or whatever higher institution of learning you may be. Maybe your kids are going to private school. Well, if you didn't pay for the month, you know, pay your dues, you know, stay in school. That's how it is. It's the price of admission. You can talk about it all day long, but if you really want something changed, you need to pay the entry fee. To, you know, you're not going to just let anybody run for office. You got to have X number of signatures, and you have to meet all the criteria to be able to show up and be on the ballot to be part of the debates. There's criteria for all of this stuff. There is structure. There are checks. I mean, you know, there's got to be some sort of organization. And so when you tell me. That here's, well, you know, somebody gets hooked on drugs, man. That's not their fault. And, you know. Well, what about the people who go through rehab and have a sponsor and detox and everything else in the world, right? Aren't those things possible? Aren't they very prevalent? Isn't that, you know, the big comeback story? Yeah. Well, then what are you telling me about the guy who's incapable of doing that? Are you saying he's just not good enough to do it? He's incapable? I mean, that's what you, sounds to me like what you're saying. You'll argue to me that the kid who has the rebel flag and thinks that a fingerprint is DNA doesn't know any better. He's incapable of think, of higher patterns of thought. Well, so he's not broad-minded and he doesn't have deep thoughts about what DNA really is. How about the guy who's doing the drugs and he doesn't realize that he's really messing up maybe his life, his family's life, his community. And I said... You know, Anthony, while we're discussing this, you realize those people are un-American. It, was, you know, it became this. But I said, they're un-American because they spend their money on narcotics which don't contribute to anything that's taxable. It's not legal. And often, all of that stuff, the majority of that stuff goes... Out of the country. You're spending money that's going to cross the border and it's going to end up in somebody else's hands. It's the same as giving your money to Walmart. You know, if you want to say, well, I'm not going to pay my income tax, there's no difference between you and the guy who's spending on drugs. Either way, it falls out of the system. When the, that person pays you, there is an expected amount of uh, the transaction fee is a good way to say it. From the income tax or from the sales tax, whatever there may be, alcohol tax for going to ABC store. And so there's no difference between, you know, the upstanding 1099 worker who is not so upstanding by not honorably reporting their taxes accurately and the guy who's just spending the money on drugs and sending it to whatever country it may go 
you know, whether it's, it's you know, in, in Southeast Asia or Mexico or, or wherever it may be. It's just, it's so strange, but people don't think of it that way. They're not thinking broad-minded like that. Oh, it's just harmless. They shouldn't regulate this stuff. There should be no jail sentence for this for this stuff. It should be prison reform for this stuff. If you really believe any of those things and you want to do something about it, start at home. Pay your share of stuff. Stop stealing, putting your hand in the candy jar. Stop devaluing everybody else's experience in this country because they pay and you don't. Doesn't make you better than them. You're just a drain on the economy. Matter of fact, you're killing the economy by taking money that should go through these different toll booths and you're just running off with it. Now, when you do that, there's not enough money. You can't cry the blues about police reform and then not have paid your city taxes to begin with and act like, yeah, they should just train them on the budget that hypothetically would be there if we were all honest fuck out of here you know it's one of those things where these these are personal choices and it is your responsibility if you're not paying in don't be crying the blues about what's being done with the money that is paid in if you're actively being deceptive and hiding and lying about what you're making you are the problem not part of it you're the problem for each and every one of those dollars, whatever the currency may be, if it's a penny, you know, I just, I can't, like, I, I don't wrap my head around that so easily to, to say, okay, look, the guy's an idiot, he used the rebel flag, we should call out a racist and, and make fun of him and mock him and run him on social media. That's not what free speech is about. In this country, free speech is a very simple thing. You don't have to like the other guy. You can call him a piece of trash or yell at him because he leads a different lifestyle. And quite frankly, if it's not under the heckless veto or hate speech or fault, you know, those are the only major bans on speech from keeping you from like doing something quite malicious. You cannot like somebody and call them ugly or whatever you feel the need to do. Doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just protected speech. Who said it makes it a good idea? It's not, it doesn't you know, create great energy. I mean, I sit here and make the podcast all about acknowledging people, saying hello, wave a hand, open the door. I'm not telling you that you can't close the door on people and lock them out in the cold and not acknowledge them and trip them. And, well, you don't want to trip them. That's probably breaking the law. But you understand that there's no requirement to be nice in this country. If you have prejudice, as long as you're not doing it in a professional way, you're not hindering business or opportunity, you have prejudice. I don't like my neighbors. What, did you do something to keep them from being able to go through the legal process of buying the house? Eh. Are you stealing their mail or anything? Yeah. They walk across my yard, I yell at them. <laughs> okay. Doesn't mean it's going to go anywhere, right? The old saying was to kill them with kindness, right? I haven't heard anything like that in a long time. Everybody's too busy falling down or taking a knee, or it's it's just a shame to watch all of those things unfold and know that there's so many different people that are playing I call it playing bloody knuckles there's young people and they just disagree and they just slam heads no this is the right way this is the only way bam and then there's the other people who believe a different thing there's a stone wall because there's a system already in place whatever it may be and if people are willing to compromise those two things great but if there's X amount of dollars changing hands and a system already in place, and you're not offering any solution for what's going to happen to replace those dollars, resources, this and that and the other, then guess what? They're probably not going to listen to you. If I go to my employer, and this this may get me in trouble, but if I go to my employer tomorrow and say these things, because these are important things, these are real things. Say, look, the industry standard for staffing 
uh, a formal restaurant or any restaurant would mean that you have some sort of metrics. The industry standard would be to set up your metrics and then go, okay, here's a percentage of dollars that we're going to spend on labor. Here is X number of customers per hour. Here's how many dollars each person should be responsible for per hour. And that's how we do our staffing. So we do our metrics. We do our projections. We're going to do X number of dollars this week. Okay, that many dollars means this many employees. You know, for every seven of these, we need one of those, whatever it may be. Okay? Now, if you just ignore all of that, it's really difficult for you to be able to compete in a marketplace against other folks who are part of industry standards. If you were to be lackadaisical, or let's say you give your employees a morale-boosting freedom of choice, you're not going to be bound by metrics. You're not going to have the sort of quotas and back-breaking sort of production requirements. Like Amazon, okay? Amazon says you need to pick, pick an item in their warehouse every 10 seconds, 20 seconds. For some people, that's very unrealistic. One, one could be in one end of the warehouse, another could be in another. So on average, that's what they need to do. But another place may say, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're not going to run you to death like that. We'd like you to be a little more comfortable, have some longevity, and we're not going to, you know, we think it's unrealistic to do those things to people. We're more compassionate about those things. So with that in mind, our business model is customers who shop here are supporting this healthier way of life for our employees. There's a lot of places like that. There's a lot of places who market to earth-friendly kind of things, from farm to table sort of things, and they want to appeal to a different kind of audience, a different kind of demographic that is looking to be able to contribute to the community, to be part of the earth, to be either eco-friendly or people-friendly or both. That's why you have the Trader Joe's and the Whole Foods and the, like, quite frankly, the, the local restaurants who only produce local and buy local. And When you go in there, you may not be able to buy the same meal as the man who's sitting across the restaurant when you walked in because the local model that it's based off of means they may run out of whatever the duck or lamb or barbecue or whatever that guy's eating. There's only a finite amount, you know. That's how it works when it's not mass distribution. For anybody who's never sat down and watched Food Incorporated or Fast Food, is it, it's, it's Food Inc., there's Fast Food Nation, um, and Eric is a wonderful author. I think he narrates the movie. But they talk about how, you know, if you go into a McDonald's on the East Coast or the West Coast or anywhere in the world, right, there's going to be fresh lettuce and tomatoes. and But those things aren't in season year round so what's in that food you can't grow lettuce and tomatoes year round and then ship them around the world without them going bad unless you add some stuff into those products and so the people who do the the local will be able to tell you yeah we didn't use pesticides and it's cage free and cruelty free and and some people are looking for that they want to be part of a community where people are not defrauding anybody of great opportunity and they're not paying some contractor who's then doing a lot of work under the table he's not reporting his taxes he's hiring perhaps undocumented workers undocumented workers could be people who are legal or illegal undocumented workers means that he's just paying people under the table that they're not being um recorded for any sort of purposes to pay their social security and medicaid and the state and local taxes that's what the documents represent. It doesn't necessarily document um, or have anything to do with a, a green card or uh, legal citizenship. So when you look at how things happen from a community and from a morality standpoint, there is a large responsibility for all of us. Whether you're wanting to exercise free speech and yell at the guy who's got the battle flag, whether you want to go paint, your cause's name down Main Street in yellow letters. 
Or maybe you want to burn down police precincts or something. But you've got to realize that many of the actions that you take, maybe you're a friend of mine and you're not thinking that they're entitled to their fair share of your income. So, uh, you know, maybe you're a folks who, you know, what was in Minneapolis, they, they burned down the Target store, raided the Target store or whatever. And I'm, you know, stuff is insured and whatever. But I mean, the reality is that now the property value in those places is tanked. So when you go back and, and look at who's responding, the responsibility and the personal choices, when you're looking at whether it's American or not. You know, this is where I start playing word games because people want to tell me that maybe a thumbprint's not your DNA. Okay, from one you could get the other. You know, it's America. Yeah, it's North America. Same as Mexico, same as Canada. It's all North America. Well, Latin America, that's South America. I think the people down in Argentina and Brazil and you know, anywhere that's Panama Canal on up, you know, Arctic Circle. This It's like, that's all America. It may not be the United States of America. You may think, well, this is what that, the only thing people can think when they say that word. That ain't true. That ain't true. You may think that when you talk about you know, how could anybody support this cause or that cause? They're blind. They don't see the system we already got in place. It's so simple. Well, I've always loved the quote that Ted Kennedy gave at Robert Kennedy's funeral. Uh, it's one of my favorite things. And I, I for, for the first time, my mother gave me this set the greatest speeches of the 20th century. And I guess Robert Kennedy is famous for saying this, but Ted was quoting Robert Kennedy, the the Attorney General, the brother of John F. Kennedy, uh, at his funeral. That Robert Kennedy's words were, some men see things as they are and say, why? I dream things that never were and say, why not? Yeah, Walmart and whoever's gonna gonna pay, they're gonna contribute in ways that you can't contribute. Does that mean they're not gonna pay taxes? It does. As much as the guy who owns some other large corporation is gonna have tax um, a big accounting department, he's gonna fact find tax loopholes. Okay, he paid his entry fee into the system, and then he played within the system to sort of <laughs> now. Sure. If you're a citizen and you want to keep some of your income tax, that's fine. You don't want to report it honestly. You're a server at a restaurant, like a job I have done many a day, and you don't want to report your legitimate income, fine. But don't run down to the protest and then tell other people how to spend the money they're putting in when you have defrauded the system. It's much like the old, you know, those who are without sin cast the first stone kind of thing sure you're just as entitled to free speech but you're a fucking hypocrite if you're not paying in any damn way and then trying to tell them how to spend the money that's left when you didn't show up i mean it you didn't go to practice but you want to play in the game you know you i don't get it it's irresponsible it's a lack of Structure by the community, by parents, by whomever, to leave people out there. Yeah, Anthony, everybody, you know, has fun. They get on social media. They He said something retarded. Really? Is that what word we use? Well, you know, if you get real technical about it, back in the 60s and 70s, they'd call people morons and retarded. Yeah, that is what could really happen from somebody's IQ score. Those were real terms that applied to different people based on that system. 
There are people who are referred to as mentally handicapped, and then they use other words for those things. It exists as much as any other offensive or outrageous word exists. And as a person who's a huge fan of comedy, I'm not going to tell you that you can't use those words. But um, it's kind of like when you're at the store and you break it, you bought it. You know, if if you're going to wear a shirt that says, I'm with stupid, and it points to somebody you don't know, and the guy sees the shirt and he decides to say something, slap you upside the head or whatever. Are you paying the price? Sure. Maybe that's your price of freedom, you know. You've got the soldiers who run around and, you know, they, they've sacrificed their lives for us to be able to have a, Where's a bug? Um, have a freer country, one that's not ruled by somebody else, one that's not inhabited by terrorists and all kinds of foreign interests that may otherwise be very prevalent here and may be a real burden on our society. Could be. You know. But I think to myself that, you know, when you are a person who starts off by just making fun of people on social media. If your pastime is just breaking people down. Hey man, look at this. This is why this is funny and this guy's not as good as I am. Woohoo! Get the fuck out of here. Like, I, I don't... I don't, and, and Anthony will tell you that, that he ain't heard from me for four or five days. I deleted it. Whenever I see a message, I just delete it. I don't leave it in there to go research the messages later. Uh, it's on Facebook Messenger, so you just click the dots and delete. And okay, and it's gone. I don't have... I don't have the patience for that. It's like... Um, Could have mowed the yard on Monday. Didn't. It didn't look like it needed mowing. It's rained a lot this week. Okay. The next time I mow it, it's going to be a lot of... It's gonna, the grass is going to be higher. It's going to be a pain in the butt to do it. But... Um, had I done it then, I would still have to go through and, and drudge and, and do it again. Because uh, once it rains, the grass grows. And you need another session with it you know however here's how i'm trying to make this point because i waited and basically didn't pay attention to the grass all week i'm gonna do one big job and it'll break even i'm just gonna ignore it and then make it right many people do this with their relationships with people they decide they need some space they need silence they need things uh, to clear their head, maybe to see how they really feel or see if they're going to miss the person or whatever it may be. All right. But um, it's difficult because it's not even. The other person may or may not even understand what you're doing. You could tell them that you want space or you may not say anything and maybe you think that the silence speaks for itself. Now I want you to think about that. The silence speaks for itself? That doesn't sound right. Yeah, it sounds about as legitimate as, you know, DNA and fingerprints being the same thing. However, I think to myself that the space that I create by doing that is a result of honor, as a result of honesty, as a result of structure. It's integrity for myself and for the people around me. Maybe I don't support what he's doing. Hey, man. Pay your taxes, asshole. Yeah, you should. Not just because I do it, because the system is built for you to be able to do it. you got a public education. There's all kinds of other things that are going to happen if you're sending your kids to those public schools and things. Wouldn't it help for you to contribute to the tax system that's helping your children? It's helping keep the roads alive in your neighborhood. Maybe they're going to be responsible for distributing some of that money to the fire department that saves your ass. I mean, a lot of things can happen. And if you just hoard everything, if you're just some selfish folk who's going to sit around and you're going to stockpile money and spend it only on you, 
to me, that's the same as anybody else who's doing anything else selfishly and saying, you know, we want this. We want that. You will give us this or we will do that. It's terrorism. It is terrorism. If you're burning buildings down and looting places, causing riots, it's terrorism. You're inciting violence. Now there's peaceful ways to march and talk and dialogue and everything else. But if you really want change, don't get out in the streets and let everybody know your damn business. Organize. Get on the ballot. Vote your people in. And then run everything from the top. The only problem with that, your people might not want in. Maybe they don't want to be part of those shenanigans. Maybe they know that the people who voted them in are never going to fucking contribute a whole lot of money to their campaign or otherwise. Because those people are able to walk around and, you know, they don't have to go to work. Often the people who are protesting are people who only are able to protest out of availability. Yeah, you can be mad, but you can't be a working person who's going to call it. Hey, you know what, boss man? Uh, yeah, I'm supposed to have a section tonight. Yeah, yeah, well, look, I'm going to go walking. No, 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 no. Throw it on a backpack, right mask. Yeah. Oh yeah, I might throw some rocks. Might might burn something down. Cool. Yeah. No, nope, nope, won't be on the, we won't be selling any martinis tonight. Might be dealing on some uh, Molotov cocktails though, you know. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. You know, and, you know, if you're calling out of work to go to the protests and stuff like that, I would consider that to be a, a completely different form of discipline and dedication. You're giving up your job or whatever it may be to to go out there and you know, dump all of your time into the the cause. I'm just not ever hearing stories like that. And I appreciate that the people in my part of North Carolina have predominantly, if not, I've, I've not heard of any violence or otherwise. There's been a lot of protests. My understanding was that they've had peaceful, remain peaceful. It's people walking and talking. Um, they're doing what I've asked people to do, really. They're acknowledging one another. Saying hello. They're having a dialogue. There's a lot of confused people who got signs that, quite frankly, the two ideas can't coexist. But for whatever, out of whatever ignorance and appreciation for the community, they're side by side with each other. I recognize you and you recognize me. All right. Now, when it comes down to it, one of us, one of y'all is going to be disappointed if they make decisions. However, today, they all have hope. You know, everybody can go to church, everybody can go to school and hope they have a successful business. They're going to be the CEO, et cetera, et cetera. Somebody's going to work for somebody. Somebody's not going to make the, you know, the, the Fortune 500. It's just how it's going to be, right? That's because when you live in a country where things are unequal, on and in comparable amount of variables, right? Because you have everything from the people you know to the advantage to the, you know, it's blessings and wealth and all sorts of good fortunes can come into different people's lives, right? And for all of the good people that, you know, started equally and they're standing shoulder to shoulder. I mean, that's sort of what these movements are. They're a new opportunity. And they'd like to see something different happen. Whether or not they're contributing to taxes, I don't know. But as an observer, I've got to sit back and think, if you're not, if unless there's an, an it seems unfathomable. If there are an unfathomable amount of people who are revolving in and out of the protest on their days that they're working, not working, etc., the protests are around their work, get fine. That would make sense. Otherwise, um, it would seem to me that there are a great deal of folks, especially with the pandemic, the unemployment rate being what it is, that they're getting money and you know they're not they're not generating new wealth and they're not getting promoted and where they're working because you know they're they're not cutting ground so to speak in the employment world uh, as these things are going on. So. I'm not saying anybody's wasting their time. It's good to be out there. 
it's good to be a, a member of a team, of a cause. However, somebody ends up on the losing side of, of every conflict. And I think like with me and uh, Antonio, uh, I just... The two of us enjoy each other's company, right, so to speak. But... I look at things as an individual and in this very math and science and English structured kind of way where I need these things for the system to maintain itself. I need a certain level of acknowledgement from friend or family or foe to be able to keep going down that road. I'll keep having, you know, ugly interactions with people now and then if I think it's fun. I don't like to be up to no good. Yeah, I can write and say some quite witty and wild things. I take things in all kinds of different directions. They're unpredictable. However, if I was to put that into a, an ugly direction, put all the weight of all of my wit and wisdom and to try to break you down and make you feel as the worst you could possibly feel, I have no idea what that would be like. I know that on the spur of the moment I've said some unflattering things to people who have looked you know, in my direction and it's kind of like, wow, that was powerful. That, that stopped me in my tracks and I thought I didn't even mean to. God, imagine if I really thought about it for a while. I don't want to. It's never occurred to me not to open the door for the person behind me, say hello to somebody, whatever. There are certain situations from a professional standpoint where things are other people's responsibility. You don't do everybody's work for them. You're not getting their money. I mean, you're there professionally to help out not only your own, you know, standing in life and pay for your, you know, family or your bills or whatever your, your fiscal responsibility might be. However... I don't think that professionally it is your responsibility or in any way in your best interest to be doing somebody else's work that's going to take the, the money home, right? It's, you know, there's there's certain places in life where, to me, being accountable and uh, having having accountability, having personal responsibility is a huge thing for me. And I have said plenty of things or done plenty of things that would be considered mistakes or they could have hurt people, whatever. However, I do not do them with the intention that whoever they might hurt would be conscious of those things. You may have a conversation behind somebody's back that you need to talk about some things and get objective opinions and you're trying to make a battle plan or you just want to feel good about something. And you might not have done it in front of the person you're talking about. Yeah, because you don't want to hurt their feelings. You don't want them to, you know, second guess and this and that and the other, right? You're trying to sort the stuff out. Now, there's a lot of people who, will, in the name of honesty, they're going <laughs> to they look at that stuff and say, I'm just being honest. You can be compassionate. You can have just the utmost care for a person and choose language that still gets the point across and, and could still, you know, keep everything going in this rather positive direction. The in the name of honesty is one of the ugliest things that people have ever flown the flag of in social situations. And I don't you know if it's been and I'm gonna talk about this in the next next episode, but if it's in in the context of actions in a relationship and things that could damage you know the other person's trust or the relationship in general or whatever maybe you don't do everything that you would do right in front of a maybe there are things that you would not do in front of the other person All right. however there's certain shortcuts that you take professionally and speeding when you're late and you know that's it's kind of a negotiation in life if you're willing to do the crime do the you know do the time you do the crime all that stuff right? but I've often said if you're going to go to the bank and you're going to steal $30,000 and you're going to throw you in jail, you're going to keep the money in the end. 
right? Now, don't get me wrong, because there's charges for attempted murder, and you can't, there's no defense for that, right? Well, Your Honor, <laughs> he, he failed in his attempt. We should, we should let him go free. No, it's... So I understand that you no, know, you 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 know the the standpoint you're not going to just give them the money if they tried to rob the bank, but uh, I think to myself that in the context of how the world works, if you are going to be part of the conversation, I think you should be equipped for the conversation. You should have your your credentials your Entry fee ready, as I said, the toll booth of things, and it keeps things flowing. Because when you show up with a handout, looking to, not for help, but when you show out with a handout looking to, you know, take knock the person off the stage who's running the nonprofit, you don't just want, you know, can I? We're hungry. Can I get a couple of cans of food? We're hungry. Now, can I run the organization? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's wrong with you? You know, it's one thing to want things to be fair. It's another thing to show up to things that are fair and then be selfish and take from that system. Because if you're capable, you should be accountable. If you're reasonable you're an adult with all kinds of resources and you've got the ability to do good versus evil versus take advantage i hope that when given those doors you open the right ones you don't open the wrong ones you think about other people while you're doing it you don't lead them down the wrong path. I don't know if I made the right decisions while I was arguing with Anthony or not. You know, I we talk a lot of nonsense to each other. But there's certain things that get said between us, even maybe we think we're saying them out of uh, good spirit or fun or competition, trash talking. Then I wonder how many times you have to say something before it comes true. Thank you for spending your time on me. I'm going to do a little reflection and add a little music to the beginning and the end of the episode. But um, this has been episode four of Michael L. Craver Presents Escaping Vanity. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon.